What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Brandon's Face, the podcast about a playlist. My name is Jonathan Beardsley. And as always, I'm joined by the one and only Brandon May. Brandon, how you doing tonight, buddy? I'm so good, John. How are you? I am feeling great, man. Feeling thick with a Q-U-E, if you know what I'm talking about. You're you're, uh, you're, you're about to drop it like a thotty, aren't you? I am going to drop it like a thotty. You know me so well, man. You always get me. <laughs> Uh, uh, please, if you've never checked us out, like, follow, subscribe, that whole nine yards. Uh, before we get into this week's playlist, though, we had a question on last week's episode that I left you with, and that was, what is the best deluxe edition track of all time? Do you remember this question, Brandon? Of course. It's the first entry on my notes. Um, all right. I, I went through a number of, uh, I went through a number of deluxe albums, but I... <laughs> It's the it's Bezos four from the inside oh deluxe. <laughs> like it's got to be my favorite of all the deluxe albums. I year, love so. that answer. I love that answer. I love that no matter how hard I study and research, you can always just come back with Bezos four and end it like that. <laughs> I, I hope we get up to like you know in a few years we get Bezos twelve and it's like Bezos is long dead, like you know like or he's like in space. Nobody cares. But I definitely hope Bezos is long dead by then. But we will see. Um, <laughs> I have two answers for this. So I, I looked into it a bit and I have two answers because my first is a weird technicality. So my first is Truth Hurts by Lizzo, which went on to become one of the biggest songs of 2019 Correct. and is only on the deluxe edition. However, it was released as a single in 2017. So the fact that it's not technically a deluxe edition bonus track only i guess disqualifies it but if we're going with that criteria i'm going to pick sex with me by rihanna from anti-deluxe that is maybe not the best but my favorite hey. of all of the deluxe edition tracks best is subjective my man it is i can only pick my favorite and that one definitely does it this was fun to research though um i thought there would be a lot more candidates than they were though there, there aren't a lot. There really aren't, especially if you're looking this decade and onward. Right. Like, it's it's slim pickings out there for deluxe album cuts. Well, this was fun. I hope another homework question presents itself over the course of this episode. But with that out of the way, are you ready to get into this, man? Let's do it. All right. First up, we got a new one from Cerrone and Purple Disco Machine called Summer Lovin'. This one's an undeniable jam. I think you and I can agree on that much, right? Summer house banger. Yes. Um, I really hope we get a vocal mix of this one as well. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah, I like this. Any further thoughts on it? No. I, my my notes are just summer house banger. Yeah, it's like, a pretty it just, simple one. It does it, man. It does it. All right, moving on. We got a new one from Bob Sinclair and A-Track, the Deep Inside of Me extended mix. Not a lot to say about this one. It's just a fun track. What did you think about it? Great house track, but it's neither of their bests. Um, I agree. I think it'll do great on dance floors, um, kind of like as a transition track. You know, I, I, I think listening to DJ mixes for as long as I have been, you realize that there are some tracks that need to play for a minute uh, before you can kind of do the rest of your set. And uh, yep. I think that this is a great one for like a 24, 20 eight minute mark of a set where you're like, okay, let me, 
let me slow down, but also not bring down any of the energy. I love how specific that is, but also how correct that is, Brandon. <laughs> I, 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 that that's the major vibe I got from this one. So yeah, yeah, no, you can't go all all rise all the time. There has to be the right. lulls. There has to be the the moments that you know to work these types of tracks in. I think twenty four to twenty eight. That's a good one. I'd love to hear your mix, Brandon. I have I have one on SoundCloud. You do. I think I, I remember when you uploaded it. Yeah, actually, man. it's it's okay. I listened to it recently. It's okay. Brandon and I's back to back sets coming soon. <laughs> all right, man. Speaking of live, speaking of sets, speaking of crowds, speaking of all of this, this next song we have Fred again in Swedish House Mafia featuring Future. The track is called "Turn the Lights On Again." Honestly okay track not really a lot to break down the drops good the future part is minimalistic and repetitive but what is edm um the bigger conversation is obviously around his boiler room set that just happened and i have been dying to talk to you about this boiler room set all week and i want to start the discussion off by asking you does he have the greatest collection of unreleased music right now <laughs> Uh, I think I think he's up there, man. I think um, I think uh, when there's a lot of hype surrounding him and his Coachella set, I was kind of like on the fence. Um, I, I I'm automatically turned off by any sort of large amount of hype. Um, but turns out this guy's got it, man. And I'm no longer on the fence about Fred again, no. dude. I, I'm just fully on one side of the fence, which is can't deny he's got some talent and some skill and some bangers um yeah i finally hit the follow button right exactly to. like <laughs> i was like all right uh yeah throw that in the show notes obviously anybody that hasn't seen it uh it's a boiler room set in london which is a very very small club and the energy that he brought and just the sheer amount of unreleased IDs that he dropped that not only got people moving, but elicited an audible reaction was higher than I've seen in a long time. Like there, there's just certain sets that are special. And I think that if Porter's EDC set showed us where EDC came or where EDC, where EDM kind of came from, this is where showing us where it's going. And it's going in a good direction. However, a fuckload of people are going to start to copy this after this set. Yeah. So many people are going to attempt this sound now. So so, so the, I have two things to say on that. Um, Please. Number one, um, the synth melody on this song was Sweetie's House Mafia, which is kind of just a rework of one of Future's songs, which is a It reminded me say. of Russia Privé by Bass Hunter, actually. That's the song. Coffee. Yeah. That's the song. I was trying to figure out, like, I was trying to figure out what it fucking reminded me of. It was so familiar. My wife and I were just sitting there like, this is, this is, this is already a song. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, it's Russia wow. by Bass Hunter. <laughs> wow. Bass Hunter. All right. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I, I think that not only is this kind of, not only is this set going to be kind of where electronic music is going to go to in the next few years but i think that it's going to introduce a lot of young people to boiler rooms which have been going on forever yes. i mean I, I just watched fat boy slim's boiler room even today i was listening to uh boys noise did one in berlin be fucking nine mm -hmm. years ago i forget like a long time ago i think it was when out of the black came out yeah. and um 
and yeah, man, everybody should go go and listen to some Boiler Room sets because they are kind of the iconic DJ set, you know, where you, you want to promote something or you, you want to go get in touch with the people and see how they actually react to the music. And it's not that the people are there to watch you. The people are there to be with you. And I think that that's an important distinction when it comes to something like this. And I think Fred again did it great, especially with the dude that hit that pl- hit that pause oh my button God. twice yes like <laughs> can we just ban all people in yellow tommy hilfiger shirts from attending edm clubs because that dude he handled that infinitely better than i would <laughs> for sure well the first time it happened he was like all right well i gotta get like back into the group and then like by the third time it happened he was like fuck it i'm gonna press play we're all gonna bounce you know like He's like, and you were slowly going to disappear behind me. I'm going to give you a hug, maybe a kiss on the forehead, and you get out of here. Like, Yeah, you go have fun. Just stay the fuck away from the decks, man. Please. Oh, my God. He drove me crazy. Um, but, yeah, back, back to this song. I think that this song's good. However, hearing all of the songs that he has, especially the EP worth of tracks with Skrillex, I don't think this is the song people were hoping he would drop. <laughs> no, man, he dropped a bunch of IDs, and uh, that's really kind of all you want from an up-and-coming producer like this to to drop a bunch of shit that like, oh shit, this sounds like this sounds like Skrillex and Fred again. That's exactly kind of like what you want. And Fortet, like right. what like... the fuck, dude. <laughs> That track broke me. I've watched that video specifically of that drop, like, I don't know, 10, 20 times. It's a good one, bro. The 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 spin back gets me every time on right. the first drop. That's so good, dude. Like, you just, those moments are so magical when you know you have the crowd. That's that's the best, man. It's the fucking best. You know, talent, talent, spe- speaking on Fred Against Talent, I was, I was apprehensive, but he didn't touch the decks for like 15 minutes it was no just, the live it, drums it was just him doing his midi and on and clicking that loop mm-hmm. button a number of times on i think it's a machine he uses but um but yeah man i was i was like okay he's got it like he's clearly not making it up like i'm watching him do it so yep it offshoot question but it's kind of related the the my name is skrillex tag drops pretty early in his set and yep. everyone loses their shit i did not think one that when his first ep came out in the first track my name is skrillex has that tag that pretty much turns into a song i did not think that would be his like entire career tag but what's even weirder is that ep is not on fucking streaming at all it isn't no weekends is and that's the only song from it that is i don't it's kind of weird that it's become such an iconic track that really isn't available to the mass public not sure why that is everything starting with scary monsters on is but my name is skrillex ep is not well that's funny because that's how i first heard of skrillex i we even tried to get into a club before we were 21 to go see skrillex and I even offered the security guard. Oh, I was there. I, yeah, that's right. I was, you you went in, I think, because you were However, older than me. I was like, bro, I'll dude. give you a quarter ounce right now. Let me get in. And he was like, no. Like, So you know how big of a from first to last fan I was. So I course. was on this immediately. So before that had even happened, Scary Monsters was out by the time he played Space 120. Was that the club in Palm Springs? Yeah, it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, yeah yes. no. It, um, it was called Space 120. He played there. 
I think Craze played like a week or two later. It was a weird yep. summer in the desert. But um, I saw him months before that in an alley like warehouse rave in L.A. He posted on MySpace like a bulletin that he was playing some just like nondescript Saturday night. It wasn't at an official club. So I think it was 18 and over. And it was one of those, like, we're all standing kind of on a weird street to go into an alley that will eventually lead into, like, this weird auditorium room. Yep. And it's, like, shady as fuck. Give 20 bucks to the person and you can go to the front of the line type of place. (laughs) Um, Finally get in, dude. It's, like, nobody's paying attention to the stage at all. It's just a bunch of kids on drugs. And it's, he finally comes on stage. He has his, like, backpack. He plugs in nobody recognizes him at all he's playing on a fucking like walmart easy up table that splits in (laughs) half with all the cables exposed nothing fancy plays like an hour set me and uh peach at the time we're front row like staring at him raging and he like makes eye contact a few times he's like oh these fucking nerds um (laughs) like these bass heads are actually here for me and nobody else is so like we go crazy for the whole hour and it's a fucking auditorium so he walks off side stage and i like rush to him i'm like six set bro like blah 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 and he like does the whole handshake thing says thanks and like goes on his way but like that fucking night is so weird in my head as a memory just because of how like he's they don't even feel real like yeah now he's grammy award winning like you could never see him in that setting ever again no that's it and it and it oddly felt cool when i was there but did not feel special it felt the opposite of that which i guess in hindsight made it special probably kind of weird. scary in a weird alley in los angeles oh super like... weird. don't know where i parked <laughs> probably took some pill that we were told was something right <laughs> definitely wasn't right yeah uh good times um but hope we get a fucking fred again album this year because he clearly has a lot of music and i would like him to drop a bunch of that at once that that that's a really fun story man yeah um i i hope we get a i hope we get a fred again album i i'm glad that i'm like fully off of the fence now because this song and subsequent boiler room set which is the album cover for this single oh it's um, insane yeah is is special so i recommend everybody listening to go check out that fred again set because it is uh it's worth the hype it's 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 definitely worth the hype and if anybody else out there is sleeping on the fence the trick to do it is put the pole in your mouth (laughs) what you don't remember that from the office (laughs) dwight says he learned how to sleep on the fence oh my god oh no the post in your mouth jesus christ (laughs) so good all right let's move on man we got uh i'm gonna say opio opio a new one from opio called dopamine what do you think of this this is a banger bro i really like their style i hope to see them uh they, they they tour with a live band i hope to see the band one day live but um, this is really cool. I liked it. I threw it on because I uh, I've been a fan of Opio since I heard first heard their song. I think it's called Quack. Sure, it's I don't a, think I've heard that. It's a good one. You should. It's a great. It's a great. It's a great track. I'll check it out, man. I thought this song was fun. I don't know if I needed the explain it to me like I'm a five year old lyrics on it, but it's a good. <laughs> it's a banger. I'll give them that. There, there you go. All right. Next up, we got a new one from Paul Van Dyke and Raphael Osmo called Two Rivers. What do you think of this? Paul Van Dyke is one of those trance artists that is just 
like one of the best to do it, but you know, he never got like famous for it, you know, like Armin Van Buren and above and beyond and people like Paul Van Dyke. I don't think ever got like super famous, but man, this track is fucking great. Yeah. He rarely transcends the like 8 PM set list spot, you know, that's that's kind of his home. And it's kind of, uh, it's kind of a tragedy, bro. Like he put out crush back in 98. That was just, it was like, Whoa, man, this is, this is like the definition of trance. And he's consistently been amazing. I think you don't get to pick when you peak, man. I think he did play a late night set at, uh, at a Coachella last decade. Um, no, he did. I, I remember he had like a full stage rig. Yeah, he, he had was like, like the last whole, on one night. It was like a soccer ball that he sat in sort of thing. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's exactly it. Half soccer ball. I, I, yeah. I don't know how to describe it, but it was cool. <laughs> yeah. This is a good song. Sounds like classic PVD to me. Yeah, it's great. All right, man. Next up, we got another one from Rido you threw on here called the Submarine. And last week I said bad techno because it was a little too heavy for me. And I think that was a little inaccurate because this track's fine, that track's fine. I think my gripe with this kind of techno is it's so much better live than to just listen to in like your headphones. Definitely. I don't get nearly the same amount of enjoyment out of this style of techno when I'm just at home or at work as I do when I'm in a club just hearing the bass reverberate off the walls to this. I think that's kind of it. I think that's why like DJ Stingray doesn't have many production hits, but if you if you see dj stingray on a lineup you you go see him because you know your brain's gonna rattle a little bit um i really loved the sonar sample in this song though because <laughs> oh yeah it's fucking cool man it's just really yeah, cool man tied the submarine theme together really yeah well. let's let's do that <laughs> like <laughs> yeah more of that please oh man all right man next up we got these two tracks from rinzen you threw on here passive aggressive robot and the dark arts I thought Passive Aggressive Robot was very Mayday adjacent in the way that it sounded, so I liked that. And I thought the Dark Arts had a lot of interesting textures and really good drums. I like both of these. Really good tracks. What do you think? I'm glad you liked them. I think we reviewed Rinzen's album last year. We did. I think that you might not have been as big a fan as I was, but um, I really enjoyed both of them. I'm a fan of his production style, so of course I would, though, you know? Yeah, some people are a small doses thing with me, but I enjoy both of these. Super fair. All right. Next up, we got another remix of On My Knees. This one is the Adriatic remix. Okay, and okay. This one's by Rufus to Soul. Is this every every window is a mirror? <laughs> I, I, I know that we said that this track didn't need to be remixed when Cassian did it, but I listened to this track in my nice headphones when it came out on Friday, and I said, oh man adriatic killed this like i can't i can't not talk about it with john (laughs) i know that it's the meme about the joy wave song or whatever but fuck this this song bangs man this song is great it's a really good song um i i do think it warranted a spot on the playlist so i wasn't mad at you for that it's not better than the original still but it's a good song it's not but i do want to pay attention to the kind of layering that Adriatic, Adriatic kind of does like how it, it builds while adding like atmospheric layers to like by the end of the by the by the end of these seven minutes, I'm like, oh shit, you know, like 
you're that guy with the the messed up hair with the aliens meme. I mean, it's I'm, just I'm full. I'm full. I'm, I'm full Vince McMahon by the end of this song. You know, like <laughs> I love that. <laughs> All right, man. Next up, we got a what's so not song. This one's called As One. We haven't talked about them in a few weeks. Um, I thought this was good, man. The drums are nice and crisp. The vocal chops are a little rudimentary, but I, I really like the way the, the synths kind of wash over each other on this one. It's a solid song. What did you think? I liked this. I also said my notes say that vocals are a little simple. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's fine, but I think you have to do kind of more to impress at this point with those. Yeah, I mean, they've been around for so long. It's like, show me a little bit more. But I did enjoy the track, so I can't I can't be mad at that. Same. All right. Next up, we got these two new tracks from Royxop, Control, and Let's Get It Right. These are going to be off of the Profound Mysteries 2 coming out August 19th. I thought that Control's a good club song, but it's not really an album-worthy track to me. And Let's Get It Right is interesting. Like, the vocals and drums are good, but the lyrics aren't great, and it just kind of feels like a jam band track by the end of it. I don't... I'm not mad at either of these tracks, but neither of them feel entirely necessary. I'm still intrigued by Profound Mysteries too, but at this point, I I know that one is going to be the one I tend to gravitate towards more because I love that album. What did you think of these? I feel I feel what you're saying. I think Control is way more up my alley than Let's Get It Right is. Um, but I feel I do feel like the uh, Profound Mysteries 2 will just kind of be a Profound Mysteries deluxe version, but like with more songs. So you know what I'm saying? Like these are all yeah. the songs that didn't really make it onto the album, but they kind of should have or not have you know what i'm saying john yeah i i guess there's really no difference between two and deluxe to me i'm kind of treating this as more of a deluxe like you said songs that didn't make it versus here's a whole other album shit just as good because this all sounds a little disjointed to me even though it's fine well we'll see how it fit how both of these tracks fit into the context of an album, which I'm kind of excited to listen to. So we'll, we'll see it. Cause I really did like profound mysteries. Uh, yeah, I am very excited as well because spoiler alert, that's still in the top position for my EDM <laughs> albums of the year. <laughs> I kind of had a feeling. Um, all right, man. Next up the Brian Eno new track. There were bells. The legend Brian Eno is returned, man. What did you think of this? You really thought I was going to go a few weeks without throwing some weird ambient shit on here. I mean, I've, I've heard of him before, uh, but yes, I, this, to me, yes, it, this is technically ambient, but this is like poetry with a score more than music to me. Thank you. Brian Eno's the king for a fucking reason, man. Uh, my local record store, I've got a record store right down the street, um, knows me as the Brian Eno guy, because I always ask him if he got any weird shit in and uh of course he, he never does but he always looks for it for me which is cool um i know it's not wild and crazy it's not even super melodic but um i i enjoyed it and i i always like brian eno's compositions and i and i think of them more as compositions than productions uh but i do I, as well I, I i really like this one and you're right it's it's definitely uh it's definitely poetry with uh some production on the back end what if we got a Bodzin and Eno track? Oh my god! Don't even <laughs> don't even tease me, bro. 
your, your head would just explode. I would just, that would be made specifically for me. Like, Yeah, that's insane, man. I shouldn't have even put that out into the universe. It's too powerful. Oh, Thanos is going to track should. that down. That, that's the time stone. It's, yeah. it's Brian Eno and Stefan Bodzin <laughs> producing together. They're like in their little Doctor Strange layers doing their thing. Man. I can just imagine both of them in the multiverse just... <laughs> Just messing with some MIDI controllers, you know? I'd love to see it. Um, <laughs> all right, man, let's move on. We got a new one here from Ginger Root called Holy Hell. This song is fantastic. I really don't care that all of the songs sound the same because they're all great. I desperately, I don't want, I need a video montage of me exploring Japan set to this song. <laughs> Preferably with you. That would be great too, Brandon. As is tradition, we get another fucking amazing track from Ginger Root, man. I'm just a solid fan at this point, man. The saxophone on this one? Ooh. Oh, he's the man. Did you uh, catch the music video for this, by the way? I didn't. Maybe All right, throw that in the show. Did you ever end up going back and watching the first one where he, like, fills in for the pop star? Yes, it's so good. Oh, my God. So this kind of continues that. He's doing, like, infomercials. (laughs) It's really good, dude. He's he's on another fucking level, but his voice is insane, especially if you really give it time to where he gets to that, like, not higher register octave-wise, but he puts a little more behind it. I think that we're just... We're just starting to see where he can go, but I I love this man. Can't wait for the new record. Yeah, I think we caught Ginger Root a little early, and I think we're about to see him uh, do some things. I do too. I I actually should look into vinyl because I feel like his vinyls are going to be worth something one day. You know, I thought about that with the Marias, but all right. If anybody has the Maria <laughs> Cinema on vinyl for under thirty five dollars, please contact Brandon. Let's move on, bro. <laughs> All right, man. We got a new one from Rosalia called Despacicha. I think that's how you say it. I'm probably butchering it. Absolute banger. Love Des- this. Don't Despecha? know if it's for Despecha. Sure, we'll say that. Yeah. I don't know if this is for a deluxe edition of Moto Mommy or not, but I love it for what it is. What'd you think? I really like this song. Don't I've been, you know, I've been practicing my Spanish, but I still can't really make out what she's saying. And but man, I'm I'm a fan, dude. So what you're saying is we're going to karaoke some Spanish songs next time I'm in town. Don't threaten me with a good time. I love me some Andrea Bocelli. So oh, we're doing some Vicente Fernandez first. <laughs> All right, man, let's move on. We got a new one from Nav called Never Sleep featuring Little Baby and Travis Scott. I'm not a fan of any of the artists on this track, so it should come as no surprise that I'm not really a fan of the track. Did you have any different feelings? All right. So I threw this on because it was making the rounds and it was clearly popular with a large majority of people who like rap. And Mm -hmm. turns out I I like rap. Uh, Why are any of these people famous? Yeah, I don't know. Um, One guy is kind of famous for killing a bunch of people at his show or being responsible for that now. Guess yeah, that's a little unfair, but the production on this track is pretty good. Do you know who Nav is? No, who's Nav? Uh, he's on the Weekends label. He is not a very good rapper, in my opinion. I don't like any of his albums, but he's on the Weekends label, so you'll catch the occasional Weekend feature on a track of his. But this is a forgettable Travis Scott track, forgettable Little Baby track, and Nav is always pretty mid to me. So, just a forgettable one all around. Yeah, let's move on. All right. 
Let's move on to this new one from Big Wild called OMG Garden. I think that's yeah. how you would say it. OM Garden. Oh my garden. Uh, I thought it was pretty good, man. This one's catchy. Lacks a little substance, but it, it's it's fine for like generic pop rock. What did you think? Thumbs up. I really did like the baseline on this one. Cool. All right. Next up, we got a new one from Kasabian called The Wall. I don't like this as much as the other singles, but it's not bad. Is this all we're getting, though? What do you like, mean? Oh, no, they have a new album announcement. Okay. I wasn't sure because this one was labeled as an EP on their page, if that's all we were getting. No, I think Spotify's been fucking up lately. I think Spotify's been fucking up, and if it's more than three songs, then they just automatically categorize it as an EP. But we are getting an album from Kasabian. And um, like you said, I, I like this one less than the other two singles that we've got, but I'm pretty stoked for this album, man. It's it's It should be something that is uh, normal, but also not, if that makes any sense. We are actually getting that album this week fuck yeah we are <laughs> all right go. so we'll, i'll save the rest of my thoughts on that for them that should be fun next up we got a new one from turnover and brendan yates called myself in the way this is another fun one man what did you think of it i didn't like it no no i didn't like it it's weird that this is the same band that made peripheral vision Sure. Yeah, I guess I have like no preconceived notion in my head. I know who Turnover is, but I don't associate a specific song or album to them. Uh, I hear this and I'm like, all right, it's kind of Foles, Daft Punky. It's fine. It's not. Do me a favor. Throw onto your listen to next peripheral vision from them. I think it was 2015, 2016. Um, It's it's a it's a masterpiece. Like, like it's fucking amazing and uh this same band put this one out and it just kind of threw me off a little bit it's fine but it's not amazing dunzo added to my playlist do it all right next up we got another one from battle tapes and the annex this one's called if oh this is the the annex the remix. remix of if only i see is if only the song of theirs we covered i believe it is um I, I liked the remix and uh, I wanted to just uh, throw it on so we could see a little bit more battle tapes. Cause last, I think it was last week or the week before we covered, we covered battle, battle tapes for the first time. And I was really a fan of them and I, I kind of liked this remix and just to kind of hear some weird, um, some weird, some weird music from a band that was already weird to me. It was kind of cool. Yeah. I, solid track, solid remix. Shout Sick. out battle tapes. Let's go. All right, man. Next up, we got a new one from Anti-Flag called Laugh, Cry, Smile, Die featuring Shane Told of Silverstein, who we've been big fans of this year on the podcast. What'd you think of this? I've said it before and I will say it again. I love, I really love, John, how collaborative the rock scene has been in the past few years. Um, The hip hop scene and the rap scene have just been fully inundated with collaboration since forever. And I think rock really didn't want to take on any sort of collaborations like that, unless they were live or like special editions, but like people are putting shit on their albums now. And I really love that anti-flag took Shane told from Silverstein because I love both of these bands. I mean, it's two, in my opinion, different worlds, but, um, this is a solid Shane Told feature. Um, the song is pretty good. Anti-Flag has softened up a bit since I was like really into them. 
but uh, but yeah, man, I, I, I liked the song and I, I hope this leads to something uh, into a larger project. I haven't really looked into that too much. I do regret not seeing Anti-Flag at a festival I was at. Um, I think it was like 2015 or something like that. 2014, maybe my, my feet hurt and we left early and they were closing some stage and whatever. But I still, I, I do regret not seeing them. <laughs> hey man, I've been in that position as well. I don't, it was a I hard s- decision, bro. I've been there, man. I know my, when, when the back or feet hurt, especially if there's a lot of cement at the venue, that's just, right. it gets rough, especially the older you get. Um, I, I would assume this is the start of something new. I have no confirmation on that. This seems like a lead single to me. Um, I, I think it's a good track. Maybe a little repetitive, but it's it's a very good track. Shane sounds great. And it it has that good anti-flag like sound to it. It's just not their best, I wouldn't say. I would be very mm-hmm. interested in a new album of theirs. What's funny, though, is how you say they're from two different worlds. But what's that that's very true but what's great about the scene is if you went to work tour in like 2006 you would have seen them in the exact same day like maybe on the same stage right after each other it was a weird time in music <laughs> yeah i'm a i'm a big fan of for blood and empire from 26 from 2006 rather um mm-hmm. of anti-flag which i guess is the same era right but yeah. It's just kind of two different musical worlds to me. I put anti-flag more in that hardcore punk. I do I, too. Where I put Silverstein more in that post-hardcore screamo sort of thing. So, Samesies, bro. <laughs> All right, man. Let's move on to this new one from the Devil Wears Prada called Time. I thought this was good. It's a little generic. It's definitely best when it's at its heaviest, but I'm still very much looking forward to this record. What'd you think of it? I think you said it perfectly. I think it's a great chorus, but it's so derivative of everything in metalcore ever. So mm-hmm. this, the, the, this whole project though, that we've been covering the rollout for should be pretty good. I agree. It sounds like, like they're rejuvenated a bit and I think they're like three or four singles deep. So I don't think we're getting their, their fastball anymore necessarily, but uh, what do you think of capping singles for the playlist at two or three from now on? I like that. Yeah. I think we can, we can obviously go on a case by case basis, but we've had some rollouts this year where we've heard six songs, but the fucking artist before the album drops. And Matt I, I feel Lange like dichotomy is a different story. Oh, man. I was dude. What's funny is I wasn't even talking about that. Like it's become so normal. His is going to the next level with that, man. Right. That was the extreme, but yeah, they're, uh odessa they did like six singles before the album dropped and good album i i wish i would have heard it more all at once versus slowly rolled out like that so we'll keep an eye on that going forward maybe we'll we'll be a little more selective with somebody on their fourth or fifth single going forward we'll see all right we are music nerds it gets the best of us sometimes (laughs) all right how do you say this next band's name guria guria okay we'll say that um Jaria? Something like that. G-A-E-R-E-A, if anybody wants to Google it. Uh, The song's (laughs) called Mantle. This is a fun one, man. This is the exact Brandon song I expected when I see a band with this type of name. I was like, yeah, this is going to be a five-minute blast beat. I hit play. Lo and behold, it's a five-minute blast beat. (laughs) My notes say, so this is heavy. Yeah, very happy. I like the aggression. Good stuff, Guria. We appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, man. 
All right, next up we got another new one from Lorna Shore, your new favorite band. This one's called Curse to Die. I'm gonna You're disagree obsessed with, with these you. guys, man. I'm going to disagree with you, man. No, oh, are you? I am. The entire album will sound exactly like this and the last three singles were. I was impressed when I heard something new, but like this, it's all the same. So uh, they just they did just play Lollapalooza, so I got to give them some credit, right? A deathcore yeah. band playing Lollapalooza is fucking awesome. I'm kind of just getting tired of their sound, man. I think that um, I'm not going to add any more singles if they drop any singles for the album. And I mean, I I I, I kind of want to cover the album, but at this point, I know it's going to sound all like this. And if it's this and the three singles plus the same song a thousand times, then I'm probably just going to give it a four. So, <laughs> well, guess what? I didn't like this song, but of all the singles, this is the one I enjoyed the most. <laughs> <laughs> it is a good one, but uh, it, it, it just kind of, you know how, you know how metal, metal and metalcore will follow the, the intro verse, chorus, verse, yeah. chorus, breakdown, verse, you, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like yeah, the formula, this is, they have a different formula, which was new and unique to me when I first heard them, which is symphonic intro. Black metal blast beats, verse, chorus, blast metal, you know, black metal blast beats, verse, chorus. It, it was just a little bit different from the formula that we're used to, but it just is a, it's just a different formula of the same thing. So, yeah. I was like, this is also a almost five minute blast beat, <laughs> right? So exit in a row. Um, but yeah, it is what it is. Not bad. All right, man, let's move on to some EPs. We have a few this week to break down. First up, we got Amberlynn's new EP called Silver Line. I have not listened to them in over a decade, but they sound pretty much how I expected they would nowadays, man. Not much has changed. They still try a little bit of everything. They have like the riff heavy tracks, like Two Graves that feel reminiscent of the Feel Good Drag or Godspeed. And they have the more alternative tracks like Body Language that's more reminiscent of like Unwinding Cable Car. I've always been a casual fan of theirs at best. So this one I probably won't be returning to, but I think it's a solid EP. Did, how did you feel about it? I was it? curious about your fan lineage of Anne Berlin. And I was... I like two songs. <laughs> I was at one point a decently sized fan. I guess I wasn't like this huge fan, but like I really did like them for... A few months in, in in my youth, which means that I listened to their first two, three albums like front to back, like a lot. Um, I, I I even do come back to their old stuff every once in a while, but I I liked this. I saw that they released a new EP, and I was like, you know what, fuck it, I'm gonna throw it on there. It's actually a bit heavier than I remember their old stuff being, but uh, a couple of songs uh. L- that that I really did enjoy. I, I enjoyed Two Graves. Um, I did enjoy uh, Circles a lot. Um, the mix on this is a little weird for me, man. Um, I agree. The vocals just don't kind of mix well with the music. It's very homogenous. Yeah, it's that, that. That's kind of my only note. But I didn't. I didn't hate this. I did enjoy it. So. Yeah, it was a surprising addition, but I didn't hate it. Yeah, I thought I was it would throw you for a loop a little bit. Yeah, I was very intrigued by it, but it sounded pretty much how I expected it would. <laughs> right. It's All right, man. We got a surprise release from Zoo. What a musical chairs mixtape volume one. This is kind of a weird release, man. Surprise. Uh, 
Yeah, very surprising. He did post about it, I think, like an hour or two before on Instagram, but I didn't see that until the next day. So that still I had constitutes no a surprise. I, I agree. I agree. Um, this this album itself is a little weird, or I guess I should say EP. It's it's not quite as conceptual as his last few albums have been, but considering it's a mixtape, it makes kind of sense for the project to feel more like a collection of songs than a cohesive album. That said, I think there's some great moments on this EP, but I don't think any of these songs are even close to his best. I think I Wonder and The Job are clear standouts for me. He tries something interesting, but all the good work he does is pretty quickly undone by the time you get to Visa and Wet. Visa <laughs> sounds like a fucking commercial, and Wet sounds like a mistake, dude. It's it's a decent EP. He just couldn't stick the landing on this one. If he had taken also, those two out, I think it would have been a better EP. It would have been better, but it still would have been like a C. <laughs> like, it's not yeah. great. I went back and listened to it again like two hours ago, and I was like, he's... He's just doing the zoo thing. Like, <laughs> you know, like this, this is not, this doesn't take a lot of effort from him. I've heard his best and this just isn't it, man. So if somebody else besides zoo put this out, would you categorize it as pretty good? I would categorize it as decent. I would categorize it kind of how I categorize droves music. Like it's good. It's really good, but it's. It's I don't know. Like humanity. if you do the same thing over and over and over again, yeah, it makes it a little more robotic, I suppose. And I loved his vocals when he started, but like sometimes, man, I get so annoyed with his fucking vocals. I'm gonna like agree he with fell you, in too much love with his own voice, and he like. I think when he does more R&B stuff, it works, or when he's doing like faded stuff where it's very necessary it works so well but there's a lot of tracks where it's like very too self-indulgent like he's just high on his own supply i think there's this air of confidence that doesn't leave any room for his insecurities that he used to have that kind of overpower the tonality of his vocals yeah okay well said that's that's exactly what i was that 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 that's what i wrote down is that he has this he has this confidence to him and what you just said just kind of pushed me towards that kind of level of review of review i will say wet is bad uh visa is kind of threw me for a loop and i wonder is clearly the best track on this but honestly i'm cool with new with new uh zoo music whenever we get it so um i don't think we're ever going to get the night day or generation y or you know again no. so like <laughs> we'll we'll take what we can get no, I, I agree. That's that's a fair takeaway. All right, you ready to move on to the albums? I don't think the Beehive is, though. <laughs> the Beehive is always ready for us, man. <laughs> we, we pose no threat to them. All right, man. First up, we got Beyonce's new album, Renaissance. So this is confirmed to be act one of at least three. What the other acts are is kind of up for debate still. Some believe it's going to be a trilogy of albums, each with a different style. Some believe Act 2 and 3 are going to be the visuals and tour for this album. We have no idea. We can only speculate. So we'll see how that folds out as the year plays out. We do know, though, that Act 1 is definitely a dance record because that's what we received. And sure I think it is a very good dance record. But for a dance record, it is incredibly dense. So it's going to take a while to figure out fully how I feel about this record. It's one that 
I've maybe made it all the way through about four or five times now. And while I find new things that I like about it with each subsequent listen, it's a record that I've known how I felt about since the first time I played it. Um, here's, here's pretty much my initial reactions, though, as I was going through it. It's incredibly well sequenced. All of the transitions are near seamless. She clearly did a lot of research for this project in terms of producers and how to make this vision come to life in the way that she wanted. She takes a lot of chances vocally and stylistically. It's empowering without being cheesy. And while I think Lemonade is a perfect album, it it's kind of a cohesive story front to back. With the exception of Formation, I don't think that there's like the one hit song that you're always looking for on there. But I think you could say like a song like Virgo's Groove might be like one of her best songs in some time, even though I wouldn't consider this quite to be her best album yet. Um, I do love so much of what she did on this album, man. She enlisted fucking Hit Boy for Thick, and I think hearing them together just that really sets it off for me, man. I, I really think stuff like that is what makes this album special. And those are the tracks I keep going back to. However, there are some things like I don't love about the record. There is a lot of talking and rapping on this record. That's not to say she doesn't sing. She does a lot of insane runs on this album. They're very evident the more you listen to it. But I do think that the adjustment and less singing takes some getting used to, and I'm still getting used to that. My favorite producers on the album were the ones used the least, which isn't like a knock on the album. I just, I wish that I got to hear a little bit more of them, like No ID and Hit Boy and so on and so on. The mid-song beat switches can be a little disorienting. You and I coming from EDM and listening to sets like Porter Robinson, who back in 2014 would change songs every 30 seconds. That doesn't really throw us off, but in the terms of finding your groove within a pop song, so much about finding your groove in dance music is about letting that happen over the course of five, six minutes. And when you change what's going on about two to three minutes in, it kind of messes that groove up, even if it's all high quality. Um, while she clearly did her homework on how to properly make a dance record without it feeling wildly inauthentic like Drake's, it would have been nice to see her enlist a few of the up and coming artists in the genre today, like Jada G, Peggy Go, maybe Channel Tress. I feel like they could have taken this thing from really good, in my opinion, to really great. Uh, overall, though, man, I, I think I enjoyed this album. I think it's going to keep growing on me more with every listen. But in terms of mainstream dance pop records we've heard this year, for my personal taste, I think I rank it slightly under the weekends, but both significantly ahead of Drake's. I, I gave this one an 8 out of 10 so far. My standouts are Virgo's Groove. I think my one-sentence review of it is A for effort, A for execution, B for personal taste. And that's just kind of how it falls for me. How does this record fall for you, though, Brandon? Man, I was waiting for that review all week. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you, John. Um, You're welcome. All right. So I think both of us kind of went into this album pretty apprehensively uh, since we got kind of a pretty lazy show me love sample on Break My Soul. Um, <laughs> I, I got to say, though, I do think Break My Soul works a lot better in the context of the entire project. Um, I agree. 
uh, because like you said, those transitions between tracks are, are good. Um, I was worried that she wasn't going to pay homage to the greats of house music. When I heard that this was going to be a dance record, I thought to myself, she's got to, she's in the position, right? To pay homage to the greats, right? I mean, she could have had Juan Atkins come in. She could have had Jeff Mills come in and do some fucking symphony shit with her. Uh, but, um, I, I, again like I said if you have the resources and you're going to be making a piece of art based on house music you should absolutely include some of the pioneers of that scene Um, I would have loved to see some Jeff Mills Frankie Knuckles etc on this album but I'm happy that she did choose Honey Dijon and Nile Rodgers to produce the majority of the album um, because they both had a pretty large role in the late 70s early 80s of the dance music scene in Chicago which to me does her duty of paying homage, but kind of like the rest of the genre in here while it's fine. Was it enough? Um, but that's a, that's a whole other, that's a whole other concept. Uh, sure. th- there's a, there, there, there's a Skrillex production credit on this track, which on, on energy album, on energy, which is, which is an, it, which, when I looked into the production credits on this track, on this album, I was like, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> there, 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 there's no there's no jeff mills but you got sunny Moore from from first to last on here um <laughs> uh threw me off a little bit but energy's a good energy's a good song um overall i really enjoyed this album i thought it was a good project she went out of her comfort zone a little bit uh and made an album that's really kind of unlike anything else she's ever made her voice obviously sounds fucking great as is tradition. It's a great pop record, and there's a few bangers. I really enjoyed Alien Superstar, Cuff It, Energy. There's a few album cuts like Cozy, Plastic Off the Sofa. Um, I think America Has a Problem is a great song, but it's still kind of one of those album cuts. Um, there's a few skips, but I really did like um, I, I really did like a number of the tracks on here, and um, I think uh, I think that there's there, 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 there's some really good ones, man. Like Virgo's Groove is really good. Yeah, um, that's a fucking A plus song. That should have been the lead one, single, man. in my opinion. It's a good one, man. I I agree. I think that I I think that it was funny. I was having a conversation with a, a couple of people at work, and uh, uh, somebody walked in while I was listening to Break My Soul, and uh, a- after this album came out, and they were like, "Oh, this is my jam right now," and I was like, "Oh, you like Robin S." Um, <laughs> You're um, such an EDM nerd. You have I'm to sorry, be. You're man. Ted Mosby. Well, I'm, actually. I'm a super EDM mo- nerd, man. Um, How dare she not find Jeff Miss so- wherever he is? <laughs> hey, man, The Bells is a fucking classic. And if all I do oh, in God. this world is teach more people about Jeff Mills, then my job is done. Um, do I think that this is a revolutionary pop? Uh, pop house epic no way man but i do think that it's a good project um and like you like like you said it's under the weekends uh don fm and it's with like leaps and bounds over drake's never mind uh, honestly never mind um which i've seen a funny uh a couple of good puns online somebody's just talking about honestly never mind was actually a decent album and somebody will reply like yeah man nirvana's album never mind is a good one um, but uh 
look, man, it's a good project. I think it's always a good day when we get more Beyonce. Um, I think it's a bit long at over an hour, which I love. And I'm happy for that because a lot of a lot of artists right now are doing like, well, let's just put like a 38 minute album out there so people can retain their attention. But I think that I think that people underestimate people's attention spans nowadays. I will be revisiting this album throughout the year and my score might change. But for now, it's sitting at a seven out of ten. And I have a weird standout. What is it? Pure slash honey. Oh, that's not weird at all, man. I that's like a, it. That's a banger. I really, banger. I, I think it's an album cut though, right? Because we didn't. Oh, get it's a for single sure an album it, cut. But I really it's not going to re- be a single. I know <laughs> it, de- it definitely wouldn't have been a single, but I really enjoy it, and I think it's because I heard a little bit of Jackmaster in that beat. You know what I'm saying? You want to know what's very interesting? I she do. actually submitted "Summer Renaissance" to be a single today for radio, which I was not expecting. Of all the songs, I thought "Cuff It" would be the next single based that's on a, that's interesting length and just kind of one beat. That's a banger. Uh, Cuff it's a yeah, banger, yeah. bro. Yeah, Cuff it is. I was not expecting "Summer Renaissance." It's a really good song. So. She's clearly just playing by her own rules, as she very clearly can at this stage. Which is great. Props to her. Yeah, it's great. I think that your criticism is valid. I, I like, yeah, maybe, maybe trim it down to 50 minutes and it's like a perfect album. But yeah, it runs a little long. I think that that's, that's fair. We'll see how we'll see how my score changes throughout the year. I think we'll be talking about it as a pop record at the end of our podcast year rather than a dance yeah. record. Like a lot of people are going to be talking about it. I can almost see the top electronic dance records on Pitchfork right now with Beyonce at the top. But because um, I mean, I think they gave it a nine. I think um, it'll finish around an eight or nine. I think that's fair. Yeah, I I I, th- I think I'm comfortable at a seven right now, um, and I, I listened to a, a couple of, a couple of them today. I think Alien Superstar is a fucking awesome track, man. And we'll 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 see where it goes. I enjoyed listening to it, but uh, I do think that there was more music on our playlist this week that I enjoyed a little more. Interesting. Well, let's move on and let's see what that might be. Next up, we have Maggie Rogers' new album, Surrender. What did you think of this? Is this the one you might have enjoyed a little more? Uh, I am so thankful that you showed me Maggie Rogers because I had seen her (laughs) name a thousand times and I had always avoided it because, as you know, I kind of avoid hype basically at every corner that I can. I'm a big fan of her and this album. I think you love Supreme a, box tees though, don't you? I, I, I like a lot of things. Um, <laughs> she, she has a great voice, man. It, it kind of bothers me that you like shit like Maggie, like Maggie Rogers and you don't like Phoebe Bridgers, but I guess that all of this is subjective and really, do you want me to answer that right really now? Matters. I, yeah, do it. I think the singles are not reflective of Phoebe Bridgers at all. But you're right. This album is Phoebe Bridgers with a drum machine. Okay. (laughs) 1,000%. There we go. I will concede that. And I didn't hate it. So I guess you have a point there. Anyways, continue on. Well, this is a solid album with a ton of great qualities. I think the structure of the album is great as far as song placement. Um, I think it keeps me really engaged. A lot of the songs are catchy as hell and could have, honestly, this could have been released in the late 90s and everybody would have fucking loved it. She could have toured in support of Alanis Morissette and people 
people would have ate that shit up. Um, there's obviously some elements of modern pop that come through and like mainly the choruses as far as structures. Um, but I think she has an amazing voice. Have I said that yet? Uh, she really does. And she really doesn't hesitate to use it. And you hear a lot of her range on this record. I think I'll be coming to this, uh, back to this album for a while. I, it's just quality music. So thank you for finally letting, making me listen to her. I gave it an eight. My standout is shatter. Dude, fuck yeah, man. I mean, very few things bring me more joy than showing you an artist that turns out to be one you really, really like. So I'm happy that that turned out to be the case with this one. Nice. Um, in terms of my thoughts on this album, man, I, I think what I like about it is just the way she's able to combine so many elements of alt pop, indie, folk, and grunge in this unique way. Like it's avant-garde and it's grandiose, but it's also very grounded. And on this album in particular, she clearly put her heart and soul into these lyrics. They're very raw, very honest, and extremely direct at times. If you couldn't tell from the lyrics themselves, you can tell by the way she sings them because every inflection on this album has purpose. Her voice is always at the center of what's going on. And while the production is impressive throughout this album, it's her voice soaring over the instrumentals that makes it what it is. It does all start to sound the same after a while, but it never stops being impressive. So I think overall my takeaway is kind of, it's a very solid album, even if the more indie folk aspects of it aren't to my taste very much. I gave it a seven out of 10 and that's where I am as my standout. I think she nailed it with the singles on this. Nice, I, uh, I agree and I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, man, she's a good one. Did you ever go check out her first album? Uh, I haven't had a chance to. It's on my listen to next, though. Ah, but okay. um, I, I, you know, Wednesdays and Thursdays are my listen to next days. So yes, well, I think you'll enjoy that if you enjoyed this when you get around to it. It's a little different, but all the good shit about it's still there. Yeah. Okay, I man. Agree. I'm excited to talk to you about this next one. You are threw you on this album from Anxious called Little Green House? I've never fucking heard of this band before. So yeah, I was uh, pretty happy, man. This album's a lot of fun. It, it fucking moves between pop punk and emo and post hardcore with ease. It's an album you can sing along to as much as you can mosh to. It's melodic, anthemic, catchy, has a lot of heart. It's honestly just a very impressive debut on every level. I added it to my rotation and I yes. hit the little follow button on their page. I yes. give this one a seven out of 10. I think your One Way Street and Call From You are the best songs, but Speechless is my favorite song, if that makes sense. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, so talk right. to me about this. Where'd you find this? So, I don't know. Uh, it was on. <laughs> I, I had no idea where I found this. Um, I've had this on my In Case of Slow Week Break Glass playlist that I decided to take private so you wouldn't fucking snoop um, for a while now. Uh, I think this album released in January as their debut album, like you said. I fucking love this, bro. I had listened to it like once or twice before throwing it on the playlist for this week, but as I was gearing up to write my thoughts down, I just couldn't stop fucking listening to it, man. Um, it's been a daily listen for me this week for sure. Um, what I really love about it, dude, is that you can hear all of their influences come through. You could tell me this band was touring with Taking Back Sunday in 2005 and I'd fucking believe you. Um, <laughs> like there are just straight bangers all the way through. And it kind of just like bobs and weaves through the genres. Like you said, I mean, you can hear you can hear the Census Fail influence, the Taking Back Sunday influence, the My Camera influence. You can hear the Blink influence on a couple of tracks and. 
God, man, there's just, there's major pop punk, major emo, major post-hardcore elements. God, they do them all so well, man. I, I, I was dying to hear your thoughts, so I'm glad you just kind of took the lead on this. I, I think this band should probably be famous already, but I have no doubt they're, they're going to get there. This is a solid debut album, and I just, I can't wait to hear more from them, and I hope we get more from them soon. I'm a big fan of this album, and apparently this band, so I, I, I gave this an eight. Uh, your one-way street is my fa- is my standout. Great song. Shout out, anxious. Great debut. Love it. Thanks, guys. All right, man. Let's cap this week off with this new Kardashian album, <laughs> Liminal Right. Is this another one that you had on the in case of slow week break glass playlist? You fucking know it was, man. We had a slow week this week, and I was like, dump, like, <laughs> like, let's go, were. man. So, what are your thoughts on this one? All right, man. This is an album I've been holding since it released in June. I didn't have them on my radar, but somebody posted them to Reddit and I clicked on it and I was just like, oh, this is fucking neat. Um, And we finally had a slow enough week for me to throw it on. And I'm dying to hear your thoughts, but I'm going to go ahead and... uh, I'm going to go ahead and tell you that they uh, they don't call this death metal. They don't call this death core. They don't call this black metal. You're going to hate this, John, but they call this death gaze because it's shoegaze death metal. Um, but it really does kind of fit the mold here. Uh, regardless of what the band themselves call it, I fucking love this. The drumming is insane. There is um, a couple of songs where the blast beats are very impressive but they go on for about three or four minutes and it's like dude (laughs) relax like we get it you can blast beat for a long time but like that's not all of it but there's only a couple of tracks where they do that um i i i i really liked this album man um I think the vocals fit extremely well together on this entire project. There's so many layers. There's lots of heavy fucking riffs. There's a lot of atmospheric elements and kind of just like ethereal moments where you're just kind of drifting in space. And then all of a sudden the crushing fucking drums come in and, uh, yeah, man, the album structure is perfect where you get that vocal, uh, intro and then you get kind of like a vocal interlude towards the middle and then it just crushes you again. I think it's groovy. I think it's heavy. I think it's dreamy. And I really fucking liked it. I gave it an eight. My standout was sellers of ghosts. John, I am dying to hear what you thought of this one. (laughs) So I don't have a ton of notes on this one, man. I, I have written down here that they're a decent prog metal band, but I'm going to change my notes. You can listen to me type this. They're a decent death gaze band. <laughs> I also call them prog metal, but <laughs> I went, I was looking for merch and they sell death gaze hats, which I oh might buy. So. I get, it's a cool name. I don't, I don't, I don't hear the shoegaze at all. I honestly don't. All right. Um, but uh, I don't know, man. I, I didn't hate it, but I didn't like it. I think that their sound is just a little too chaotic and muddy for my personal taste. I actually liked the more ambient aspects of their music. I guess if that's the shoegaze part, then that is what I liked about it. But as a whole, I wasn't really feeling this album. The songs that I I did kind of like, though, Apparitions and Candlelight and Lavender Calligraphy. Oh, Lavender Calligraphy is great. Yeah, that that was easily my standout. But overall, I give this one a 4 out of 10, mostly based on personal taste, not based on execution. Yeah, I think they did it really well. And I kind of knew that you were going to hate it. Well, not hate it, but like not 
enjoy it as much as I was. I have been, I don't know if you've been watching my, uh, my, I, I'm not on any private sessions on Spotify, so I'm sure you see me. I'm not sure if you've been watching the last three days, but it's basically just been anxious and Kardashev for the last three days. So <laughs> I have not. Today but I took I'm a break. Today I took a break a little bit, but I, I really liked this album and I just needed to show it to you. So. Hey man, you showed me two new albums. I really enjoyed one of them. That ain't bad. You're hey, shooting 50%. not bad at all. <laughs> all right, man. You want to know what we're going to be reviewing next week? Hell yeah. Let me know. All right. So we got new albums from Calvin Harris, Healing Potpourri, The Interrupters, and Kasabian. I'm sure there's yes. going to be some other stuff in there as well. What What of those four are you looking forward to the most? Um, uh, Probably The Interrupters, followed closely by Kasabian. Fuck yeah, man. I think that's that's about where I'm at, too. The Calvin Harris one, in terms of big names, I'm I'm interested in it, but I think I know exactly what it's going to sound yeah, I'm, like. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to that. I would say I was looking forward to Healing Potpourri, but I think that would be like the defeating the purpose for their band. Yes. You just kind of uh, want to like so. vibe and like yeah. groove and be on a beach. So we'll see. Well, I'm excited for it. Come vibe with us next Wednesday night when we review the new Healing Potpourri album, Paradise. As yeah, well man. As these others. Um, please like, follow, subscribe. Music by Anthony Reader. This was a fun one, man. I'm looking forward to doing it again with you next week. Every week I'm looking forward to it. Later, John. Peace. Peace.